0: Welcome to the Be Aware and Empower podcast, where we discuss all things nonprofit, where it's all about being a solution to those who are not being fully served. To do this, we must build healthy nonprofit organizations. Now, here's your host, the one and only Miss Kathy. So you know the story. We're just going to jump right in, right? So this episode, we're going to kind of like reverse, and it is before you start a nonprofit. And if you have started one and you find yourself struggling, there's some questions you may need to ask yourself. Um, we'll start with number one, you know, what is the need or problem you are solving? If it's homelessness, is it a specific segment of a population of homelessness? It could be those that are dealing with mental health issues or challenges. It could be veterans. It could be homeless women and children maybe related to domestic violence. Um, You want to stream that as they say the, the, the more you niche it down, the more likelihood of getting funded. You don't want to chase the money just trying to cover all populations. Um, but definitely, definitely you want to know that need or the problem you are solving. And I kind of jumped to two because it is who are you serving? So when you know the need or the problem, you have to decide You're serving, so I gave a very good example of um, when we talked about homelessness. Um, Some of the areas could be youth. You know, if you're serving youth, are these youth, um, for instance, the biggest need um, as far as the age span are those who have aged out of foster care? There we go. We talked about, we go into homelessness. Or are we talking about school ages, is it preschool, is it um, elementary school, what age are they, and just who are you serving, just overall. You have seniors, you have, oh, there's so many different areas that you can serve. So once you decide that problem, you decide who you're serving, the next is, what are the facts, the statistics, the data. It can be known as any of those terms. But notice I did not say, What is your opinion? Many leaders, I get understand it. I get your passion. And you know there's a problem usually because it's related to what you've already gone through in the past. And maybe not. Maybe you do see some things yourself. But at the end of the day, It has to be based on facts. So is it just your side of town that's dealing with this problem? What are the facts for your city? What are your facts for the state? Yes, I'll give an example. Um, Even if it's years from now, there's always challenges when it comes to people of color. And a lot of times, um, you know, At this moment, when this was recorded, we're talking about Black Lives Matter, right? Just because of the disparity. But when we see, I'll say the media and various issues in specific cities, for instance, um, let me think of some, there's quite a few major cities that have had some just, it's been out there in the media. Um. I know Wisconsin is a main one as far as the state. But I live in Nashville, Tennessee. So my thing is, we don't quite have the same issues that are just out there like that. We don't. And sometimes there are other priorities that we should be fighting for if we break it down into our city as well as our state. Give an example. Um, we have homelessness and it's increased for a different reason because right now, Nashville, Tennessee is probably number three or four up there on the cost of living. But if I was to move to, say, Knoxville or Chattanooga, is starting to increase um, or it could be some little small place. Mm, we'll say Clarksville because it has its own Uh, challenges and its own benefits because majority of the town is military. So that's a whole nother story. But again, knowing the facts of your local area, meaning even your side of town that you're servicing, the city, the state, and then you go national. So you want to do a comparison of the national case in point. We'll give domestic violence for an example. You know, um, depending upon what city you are in, it could be higher or lower than the national average. Depending upon what city you're in, the state could have a higher or lower um, in comparison to the city or in comparison to national. If it's a hunger issue or right now we're dealing with the pandemic, it could be a global so issue so you want to give statistics based on all those areas that apply of course your city your local your city and I say local sometimes that's your county sometimes it's just a certain part of town that you are servicing versus the city versus the state and then national and then global it depends on what the challenge is or what who are you serving and all the facts related to that so We got the first half what is the need of the problem you're solving which rolls us into who are you serving and then we go into what are the facts so the next half we have two more questions welcome back and this is just our second half right so it's going to be relatively short but I think these are very critical questions because we're talking about before you start a nonprofit. we started with what is the need or the problem you're solving then we went into who are you serving and then number three is what are the facts whether it be county city state national global any of those areas but we want to address all that apply and then for this part we're going to go into who else is serving within the same community, right? That means what other organizations, um, how much government assistance even. So that means public, well, as private. Who's serving either in general, just who's in that local area in which you're serving, or we could say, who is actually serving that does the same thing as you. If you find that there's too many that are doing that, you need to find maybe a part of a way that you can enhance or find out what someone else is not doing and then that part you can provide. The biggest example I always give is youth or like a daycare. So you have this daycare here. Maybe there are a lot of daycares, but maybe there aren't daycares that have tutoring services. Maybe there aren't daycares, and this has kind of been new for me with a client that provides um, behavioral services. Right, um, well, the child child might have some behavior issues, and of course, that's common within the underserved communities for whatever reason. When that's not what the purpose of this discussion is, but if you had an organization where you had a counselor or someone who could address the behavioral issues um, then that could be added to as a program to the existing um, daycares right so it doesn't matter whether they're nonprofit or for-profit. And a lot of times with youth, there's a lot of grants out there, period. It doesn't even matter. It's just, you know, a matter of programs and services that you're providing. So again, who else is serving within, and why is this important? Why is it important that you know who else is serving within that community? Is because sometimes you can be a resource. Maybe you can't cover everything, but if the more you can show collaborations and partnerships, To enhance and and it's as if you are serving and keeping in mind the holistic person the whole person so no longer are we just feeding someone okay if they're coming back have we found out if they need housing have we found out if maybe they need to connect with the va Um, maybe they need some medical services maybe they need some mental health services so You might not provide that, but there could be an agency there that has mental health services where you can be a referral partner for them. It makes it easier to get grant money. Or if you're new, then you might want to go to these more established agencies and say, this is the kind of clientele or people that I serve. And I would like to be a resource or referral partner with you. And is there any way we could go after a grant together? You apply for it and I get paid for the services that I provide. So you have to be creative, especially if you're the new kid on the block, and pay attention to, you know, again the facts what is the deficiencies cuz make sure you're not jumping in hot water meaning that sometimes we're on the outside and we just think, "Oh, that nonprofit should be doing this, 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 and this." But once you get in there, you realize it is not as easy as it seems. So let's go into the next one and this is the hardest one, the last one. What kind of time will you commit to your nonprofit organization? What kind of time do you have to commit to your nonprofit organization? Do you work a job? If you work a job, maybe you just need to provide a few resources and you can easily, you know, have volunteers that assist with that part not getting too complex but if you want a full-fledged organization please understand if you have not started it already it is a business it is no different than any other business i always give an example of hospitals you have private and you have public you have none not private and public you have non-profit you do have private and public but you have nonprofit and you have those that are just for-profit corporations both the corporations at the end of the day it's all about what is done with the money at the end of the year or per quarter or however you're structured and set up um for a nonprofit, the money has to go back into the organization for for for-profit or just plain corporation for-profit corporation then the money is split among the stakeholders. If they choose to put it in the back into the business, they can, right? So my history has been working in hospitals. I found that nonprofit hospitals, especially your faith-based, your your everybody has a Catholic one. Usually there's if you're in a major city, you have a Baptist one, there's a lot of seven day Adventists. there's even Lutherans. Um, I don't hear those as much, but it used to be. And so on and so on. So my point is, and those usually were the best places to work, make the most money because it. the bottom line is not the dollar because they're going to put it back in the organization and you're able to help more people, more that are underserved or indigent because you can accept donations. A for-profit cannot accept donations, whereas a non-profit can Accept donations. So you have find that if you ever have been sick and you go to a hospital, maybe you don't have insurance at the time. The best hospitals to go to are nonprofit hospitals because they usually have programs, what they call grants, funding, extra funding to cover your bill. So I think you get my point. That last part was who else is serving, and I want to say too, the what really I've always said this over the years, but. Listening to a lot of the, um, I had gone to a workshop where they allowed the, I'll say the decision makers, the CEOs, sometimes they were CEOs, sometimes they were just head of the, um, what do you call it? It's like the grant board. And one of the questions, the last question that each one of them had to answer was, What is their pet peeve or what what bothers them the most? And that was the number one, that a lot of times nonprofit leaders don't know who else is in the community. They don't know who else is being served um, or serving either the same population or similar population or even a different, but how many other organizations are there? And then what kind of time? That is really serious. You know, you have to give the time. You have to understand that you have to do every area of your organization a lot of times to even have volunteers employees and it doesn't matter whether you pay a person or not if you are a good leader you will get engagement with the people that come in so that's a subject for a whole nother time right so how about this if you have not started your organization Let's start it off right, you know, get some assistance. I do offer services um, for as little as like $9.99 or three fifty dollars a month. Um, I can help you get your organization started and we'll get everything from the beginning and build a strong foundation. If you already have one and you've been struggling or maybe you haven't been struggling, but you realize the value of having a consultant or a coach, especially someone that I can perform certain administrative services. I can do grant writing, right? That's what we all call it in the general public. Um, But I will assist with grant writing. And that's often helpful, more helpful to the person, the, the nonprofit leaders. So either way, I appreciate you for stopping in and listening. And that ends this episode.